Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. Today, it's just us, no guest, just us chit-chatting about current events, which we all know right now is primarily the war in Ukraine and uh, our impending gas prices. We're, we had a pre-conversation before we went live and I was bitching about gas prices. This is not, the raise in gas prices does not have to do with the war. Futures are bought in advance. This is price gouging, personal opinion. Someone needs to step in and just cap it. That's just me. And plus get an electric car or hydrogen car. Those are options. So anyway, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wonder how many people are actually uh, thinking electric right now. Um, yeah. I freely admit that I am. I mean, I think, you know, I was thinking about it before we went live this morning as I was having my first cup of coffee. Um, what we're going through right now is kind of what we've been talking about for the past X amount of episodes is that like, how do we prepare for the future? And unfortunately, I don't think any of this is too surprising for people no. that we're in this predicament. It's just that it happened at a breakneck pace. Um, and, um, you know, it's going to be a kind of the come to Jesus moment as far as where we're going to move, how we're going to move forward with all of this. I think, you know, the current administration is pushing towards a renewable future as much as they can. I think yeah. it is going to come down to the oil industries and all the different companies coming together and figuring out how this goes. But I don't know. This is going to be rough on all of us for a long time coming. It just is. No, oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've kind of known about, I mean, remember the gas wars of the 70s? Yeah. I remember the stories because I was born in California. My mom would be the one waiting at the gas station and they'd be out of gas or there'd be a mile long line to get gas. I remember those days. Yeah, so this should not be too terribly shocking. We should have fixed this many years ago, but we didn't. Now we're faced with it. We have an option. Um, I do know that um, there are more hydrogen gas stations that are going to be built. There's a collaboration with Chevron and green renewable hydrogen, not brown, not black, but green. So that's a good sign. We're seeing development for energy diversification. I support all forms. So hopefully that will help because right now, there's not a whole lot of options. But there, and there's not an immediate fix to it either. I mean, we, we you know, we could go down to the store tomorrow and, uh, you know, just buy up all electric cars. But, you know, infrastructure, again, uh, still isn't there. Uh, the electricity bill is crazy. So now it's gotten to the point that they have charging at my new job. And... Um, my dad informed me a couple of days ago. He's like, you better start charging down at that new job because the electricity bills are skyrocketing. So oh, so you get free electric charge at your new gig? Yeah. So, you know. Everyone go to Joyce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to look up in my email uh, the, the charging code and make sure that I'm at least charging for the hour and a half to two hours that I'm there on the days that I need to be there that, and I'm getting a few miles at least. But yeah. even if you're looking into the electric car, now we've got to, now we have the issue of the supply and demand where the dealerships are charging a lot for a premium on these electric cars. I mean, some of them are like 10, 20, 30,000 over MSRP. So it's like, you know, we've got this issue to deal with as well. And then the rent, the, this the chips shortage we're yeah. dealing with. And so all these things are going to keep driving up the prices. And it's like, oh, I got another one to really screw up your day. 
I was reading um, through this a friend who's a finance guy and what what was that? This feels very doom and gloom right now. I know, I know, but early for that. I know it's too early, but yes, fact of life. But a friend of mine who's um he's a finance guy, really smart. Um he posted recently that we apparently get our neon gas, which is somehow used in the automotive industry. I have no idea how, but we get our neon gas as a byproduct of Russian steel manufacturing and the Ukrainians take that neon gas, refine it and sell it to the automotive industry. And there's going to be a shortage. Now, mind you, I don't know any of the details, people, so please don't jump all over me. And I was like, oh, that's good. Yet another little, you know, hiccup we have to work through. So we'll see what happens with neon gas. <laughs> and get ready for the summer blend. That's going to be coming up. Oh, that's soon. like bullshit. We don't need that anymore. Our cars are efficient. We don't need the special blends anymore. And by the way, it's not shocking to me that every time gas prices dip to a certain level, there's this mysterious fire that happens at a refinery. <laughs> All of a sudden, something blows up. Uh, We're not going down conspiracy lane. No oh, foil I love windows, no foil hats, none of that kind of stuff. Way but I just sent you your hat. Why are you not wearing it? I no, it is, it is funny to hear some of these stories. And some you're kind of like, you call bullshit on. Some you're like, huh. Oh, well, listen, no matter whether, whether it's conspiracy or not, I think everything right now is just pointing to the fact that everything especially in environmental, is interrelated. Internationally, we are interrelated. Yes. It's just a quagmire that, that a lot of people just don't seem to kind of understand that we're all in this together. And when one person yes. has to switch and the rest don't follow, uh, we end up in situations like this. Well, I also think a lot of it's come to light. I don't think we realize how intertwined we are and dependent on certain other things. I don't think that, I mean, we've kind of known, but never to this degree. And I think this has been kind of the wake up call. We, we're all going, wait, what? We're doing what now? Like, I don't, I don't, you know, but then it's also kind of interesting because I was, there was the, what is it? So that house that just sold in Beverly Hills at auction for 126 million. Oh yeah. The one. The one. So that one was interesting to me because it kind of brought to light. So that one was bought by the guy who's kind of responsible for a lot of a fast fashion boutiques. So I was, oh. I was starting to think about that one as well. I was like, going, okay, so how is this even more intertwined? Because, you know, we also were supporting the fast fashion industry. What are the implications on that for environmental issues? And then now look, we've got, you know, so it's kind of interesting to see how all of these things are intertwined. But as far as coming from for the near to immediate future, I think we can all expect to see, we're gonna have, you know, inflation has been rough. Nobody's going to deny that. But I think, you know, get ready for the grocery prices to go up, the consumer goods prices to go up. It's all going to be trickle down. Unfortunately, this is the one time trickle down actually happens. Um, but, you Not know- with respect to your salaries. <laughs> no, but it's, it would be kind of nice to start seeing some of these corporations who, you know, I don't begrudge anybody making money. I genuinely don't. I do have an issue with you making it on the backs of people who are trying to survive. That's yeah. kind of my thing right there. So it would be lovely to see some of these corporations be like, we're going to hold off on our stock options. We're going to hold off on these massive, you know, multi-million dollar salaries to keep our prices low enough for at least a little bit, you know, just to help out the consumer who's giving you the 17 homes around the world or whatever you've purchased. Like it would be kind of a nice thing to see, but I'm not holding my breath. You know, it's interesting when you brought up the 17 homes around the world. Um, I believe that the city of San Francisco is starting to tax people who don't live in their homes. 
if they just had them as empty property. And I think it was targeted mostly towards um, corporations that were buying up apartments to use as Airbnbs mm. and basically depriving people from living year round. Um, do you know anything about that? I don't, but I know that's a huge problem because I know that happens in LA as well. I mean, there's a lot of properties that are used. I mean, multi-million dollar estates, they're used about one week a year. You know, so there, you know, there's a lot of properties in downtown LA, a lot of condos. They're rumored, I should say, that they're used primarily as a way to just take money out of other countries and plop them in here because oh, yeah, they're yeah. secure. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Airbnb is so funny. They've been in the news lately and all the vacation rental properties, not just signaling them out because of what they've done, what's happened to the housing market. I mean, the price points are getting astronomical right now. And there is a huge, a lot of investment companies are coming in to buy properties again, which is interesting. They're either using them for vacation rentals or just purchasing so that a lot of people can't get in the door. So it's been, it's oh, an interesting market right now. Well, real estate has always been a great place to park cash, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. As opposed to a fluctuating market, it's, it's more of a place to, Go, go to the country that you want to go to and, yeah. you know, plump down on something, whether you're there or not. There's only yeah. one thing not being made anymore, and that's land. You know? Very true. But I did see, oh, so I was watching, what was I watching? The day? Oh, Samantha B. Did you see this one? This was an interesting story. Talking about now there's a shortage of sand coming. Yeah, for, for uh, cement concrete manufacturing. No, just sand. No, really? Oh, sand? sand like no because you can't because when you're using it for different types of manufacturing it can't be it's not like your beach sand because it's eroded and the particles will be rounded so they have to do mining for sand because it'll have different particulates which will have, it can clump better so it can use in different industries so that was it anybody should go watch the sunny at the b show from last week well i knew about the concrete side i didn't know it translated it's used to a lot things. of stuff sand is used in a lot which i was like oh, okay. here's another one yay yeah. yeah, well, that's why we need alternative building materials and alternative materials for things in general. But then we have to focus on what are the implications of those? Yeah, we're just doing something differently. I mean, yeah. learning through the process, I suppose, who knows? But I'd like to think that there's a way to recycle building materials. Like when buildings are demolished or torn down, there should be ways to recycle these things and reuse them. That would be a lovely concept. They do sure try. It's probably just very yeah. No, they, they do try. It's And it is costly at times, but rather than throwing things into landfills, people are being more cognizant in the construction industry to try to repurpose, reuse, or recycle yeah. rather than throw it away. Yeah. Um, but it's a slow process and who knows, but, you know, happier notes. Are you guys doing anything exciting in the future coming up? <laughs> I just got back late last night from a water reuse conference uh, oh. down in San Antonio. So um, you were in yeah, Texas? I didn't know that. Quite, quite interesting. Um, well, tell us what's going on. Well, met some some great people in the infrastructure space. Lots of women doing it. Women engineers that awesome. are out here making uh, water infrastructure just uh, so, happen in the future for water. Joey, what is the new job? Ah, so yes, I'm newly backtrack a little. <laughs> I am newly employed. I am um, I'm the new appointed director for WRD, that is Water Replenishment District. We supply uh, all of the infrastructure and uh, replenished water um, for the LA Basin, over 4 million residents. That's awesome. So what are you going to be doing? 
I am the director. So I sit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sit with four other board members. Um, my area is mostly South LA. Uh, so it's an area that's really near and dear to my heart. And I can work on environmental justice issues at the same time. Awesome. Um, just being able to uh, find ways to viably keep our water flow going uh, in case yeah. of crisis, in case of just everyday water right. use drought over production over use now one of the things i noticed when joy first got this job was that particular group is mostly south of the 10 and we need we are taking water from other regions just in that district so you guys need to expand to more locations you need to grow because water replenishment is huge that means you're putting water back in the aquifer that you take out so we don't dry it up so you guys need to you need to build out yeah <laughs> yeah more. No pressure. No, no pressure at all. But we, we, you know, we're dealing with most of the co coastal water, you know, brackish water, really yeah. just trying to clean and, and um, you know, filtrate it. So it's exciting. And going to these conferences has also been exciting. Um, and just meeting all of the different people who, you know, really move beyond trying to get people to think of water. They, as just something you just turn on the faucet and just comes out. Uh, there are lots of you know issues related to water, uh, the sanitation of water, making sure uh, that we have enough water. And it was just exciting. We were down in uh, San Antonio, which is interesting in itself. I never knew. I don't know what you're more disappointed in, the, the Alamo or- There's no basement at the Alamo. There is Which one is, is less fascinating? Like I drove to Plymouth Rock one time and that was, was like literally a pebble this big. Yeah. But it's yeah. kind of cool to see the history. But so when we talk about what you're going to be doing, what do you, sorry, we're interviewing you now. What do you foresee as the biggest challenge you're going to be facing when it comes to water use? Um, making sure that there uh, is enough uh, money in our budget lobbying the legislature, um, the getting some of the infrastructure money. I think it's not going to be that big of a challenge, but that's going to be a major role for me. And I know a little bit about government, just having, yeah, just a little bit, but we've got to get these infrastructure dollars in. Now, when you talk about the infrastructure, because I know LA kind of has a history of water mains bursting, which are often a slight inconvenience, to put it mildly. Is this going to be part of something that you're going to be working to address is improving those systems? That and mostly wells, making sure we have enough local wells that are centralized to service uh, all of the communities um, that we do service. So building more wells is really important um, yeah that's what we're doing here. like Inglewood uh that really are depending on water from you know west basin and a couple of other the water districts uh trying to get them to be more independent help them build the wells and the infrastructure needed so uh that there's a continuous water supply and one of the things that i think about that we don't you know it's not one of the things that's big on wrd's list right now um, but it's it's really uh, water integrity, 
you know, I going along with Wendy's conspiracy theories, you know, I'm always scared somebody might try to contaminate something or, you but know, right what's now, scared. we're living in that world where a system can be hacked, things can yeah. be shut down. I mean, these are big issues. Or they that, can blend you know, the wrong that, chemical that and they toxic. Um, in Florida that had that. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Well, the thing is, um, so many people probably don't know this. So um, in the city of Beverly Hills, we had a bunch of water wells that we pulled our water out of. And then in the 70s, they decided to go with Metropolitan Water District, which pulls their water from the Colorado River. So instead of just closing the wells or capping those existing wells, they demolished them. So now, you know, 50 years later, we're like, okay, we need to rebuild the wells. We need to find new places to put wells, because obviously homes were built over where the old wells were. And that's a challenge, trying to find where the sweet spot of where to get water, but also the contamination, because you're going to have basically um, BTEX and petroleum from gas stations, and then you have chlorinated solvents from dry cleaners. And that's all over. I mean, the contamination is huge, so it's got to be pumped and treated and then used. So Joy, you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> This is not exactly just pulling water out of the ground or replenishing the water in the ground. You have a multitude of things and a lot of chemistry and science behind it and infrastructure yeah. and engineering. So you got a big job ahead of you. But it's exciting. And I think Joy is probably the perfect person because this is the community you know. I yeah. mean, so the outreach will be there to get the to get the people involved or get people involved, all your neighbors and the community leaders and all that involved and be able to have those relationships in place already is going to be very beneficial moving yeah. forward. But it's going to- It, it definitely is. It definitely is. And there, there's there's a lot of excitement around me, you know, coming, uh, uh, coming, uh, coming on board and hopefully bring some new energizing, you know, ideas and, you know, gather the community around this a little bit better so we do have a comment from a linkedin user about stormwater catchment and we do a lot of that at uh, reclamation yeah well we we need to capture more We're, we do a terrible job of our capturing our stormwater most other countries have this down to a science and we still let a lot of it just flow out to the ocean which doesn't serve a good purpose <laughs> Yeah, but the good news is, I mean, when it comes to building codes, that's actually a requirement now, is that you have to have the stormwater basins to catch things off of each individual home as things are built, which is great, you know. Where so, does it go to after the basins, though? I'm sorry? Where does the stormwater go to? Does it just go out to sea? Does it go to Hyperion? Does it? No, you collect it in storage tanks on your property, and you're supposed to reuse it for watering your lawn. So we're actually, mm -hmm. that is actually part of the LA building codes for construction now, for homes anyhow. And then they have to when it's a multi-use property, you have to figure out some way that it goes to the city so you're avoiding erosion and all this kind of different stuff. So there's actually programs in place, um, which is going to be, which is great. You know, so Joy, like I said, though, but Joy, you've got a lot on your plate. I like the eyes just got I huge. do. <laughs> She's a busy gal. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying the journey. And, you know, I just, I, I've never wanted to get into politics because I I'm not interested in that kind of fame, but this goes along with what I, I what what's important to me. My my mantra has always to been to be has always been to be significant, yeah. and I want to be significant, not famous, but significant, and make some significant changes for the communities I serve. So there you have it. I'll what? still fangirl for you. 
<laughs> what do you see as the biggest potential hurdle when it comes to the city and the community? There's a lot going on right now with Metropolitan Water District. Um, lots of, you know, infighting where money should be going. You know, the rate uh, payer issues. You know, I don't know how much more we can squeeze out of everyday working people like you and I for, you know, water. Um, this technology costs. So it's really about where we're going to get all of the money to uh, to keep water rates low. Um but yet at the same time, um, provide for our futures and make sure that we have enough water to sustain ourselves, you know, even in a drought, which we're gonna have more of. Yeah, it's only getting worse. Do you think that with all of the new developments coming in that that's gonna mean tax, tax revenue coming to help with these plans? Yeah, if we can find some more tax money, you know, the revenue tax at the state is kind of, you know, uh, tight right now, as far as even though we have a, a budget uh, uh, surplus, it's just uh, really getting people to understand where the money should be going, which what infrastructures, especially with net uh, zero 2035, where should the funds that are allocated to environmental issues and causes be going. So it's time for me to put on my tap dance shoes and hit Sacramento, hit local water agencies, just put on the razzle-dazzle. Now, when you say infrastructure, what exactly do you mean by that? Um, making sure that there's wells, um, that there are more wells for that are local and central so that we're not pumping water from, you know, central coast. Um, you know, that we're just getting... Um, uh, making water an efficient commodity, making sure that we're able to, uh, people are able to, you know, uh, get water as soon as they turn on their spigot. Can you please promote internally the idea that I've been talking about now for, I think, three or four years, is if we can build an oil pipeline from Canada to Texas, can we do a water pipeline from the Midwest, which is constantly flooding, out to the Colorado? <laughs> Because then we stop people from dying in the floods or losing their homes to floods, and then we can bring water out west. And people say, well, there's no money in it. People are dying. That may be more important than how much and the money part. Yeah. It's always the money. Just an idea. Always the money. Oh, no. no, I know. I know. And I, I've, I actually was a person in politics who told me, it's like, there's no money in it, so it'll never happen. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I think your your new job is going to be very challenging, but exciting. You no, know, Joel, I had planned on bringing Joy in as a guest in the future once she got approval. So you're just totally usurping me right now. That's all right. You know yeah. what? As she gets further in and settled in, we'll have to, we'll, we'll do these we'll are do just the scratching the surface kind of questions. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, so many interesting people too that we can you know interview and yeah get more information from too so that that'll be something to look forward to with uh esj in the very near future so that's gonna be exciting it's i'm really excited for you i think it's gonna be an awesome opportunity for you and thank you the of south la i mean they have no idea they've got a great asset in you so it's oh, gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be really cool very cool thank you we're that's very proud of our girl no oh, we got it. You guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. Got to go. I like, okay. Thank you. Thank you, LinkedIn user. I don't know. It doesn't identify who. <laughs>
But we love you all the same. We all, we love them all the same, but no, this has been a great little segue. And, um, you know, next week we're going back to my favorite topic of ESG and finance and risk management. So we have a, a guest lined up for that, which I'll make that announcement Monday. Cause I always, I made the mistake before folks of pre announcing guests and then plans change and they couldn't make it. And I'm like, shit. So I had to change everything. That's so now I just do it once everything's confirmed. <laughs> But the good thing is, though, is that you took it all in stride. You didn't get stressed out or any of that. Oh, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> yes, folks, I freaked out. When when we had a guest do a last-minute cancellation, I did not handle it well. I was a little stressed for a replacement, which um, I think for that one, we got Keith Malone from this California Fuel Cell Partnership. He stepped up. Freaking love Keith. He's awesome. Smart dude, too. But um, yeah, so this was our little segue of just us today. And um, we are back with our regular scheduled programming next week. And on that, Joy, you are awesome. You're going to kill it in your new gig. And if anyone can be communications and outreach, it's this gal right here. You're awesome at it. And, and Joel, smart as ever, the most brilliant questions. I know you don't like to ask a whole lot because you're like, oh, I don't want to pry. Your questions are better than that than mine, so keep it up. <laughs> I'll take it. You'll take yeah, it. You got okay. that. Okay, kids. We'll okay. see you next week. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you later. Have a great week, everybody.